hello, I am your host, Karen Doyle, and welcome to The Genius Podcast. The Genius Podcast is part of a much bigger initiative for Catholic women called The Genius Project. The heart of The Genius Project is dedicated to equipping and supporting women of all ages and stages of life to discover what it is that God has placed within their hearts to do giving them the permission to follow that God whisper and dream, and then equipping them with the knowledge and practical skills to make it happen. If you are looking to discover what it is that you are called to do with your life, if you have a dream or a passion, but you lack the skills and confidence to take that next step, or you just need some great advice on living your vocation as a Catholic woman, then this podcast is for you. This week, we are super duper excited to announce the launch finally of the Genius website. So please go on over and check it out, www.geniusproject.co. Today's genius guest is Megan Hayes. Megan lives in Brisbane, Australia with her husband and three children. Megan works as a part-time occupational therapist but she also runs her own small business on the side, a business called A Raw Journey, helping women to create healthy homes and lifestyles. Now, she's just got so many great tips and insights, which she's going to share with us today. In this episode, Megan and I are going to be speaking about what it means to create a life by design. Instead of living life just by chance, She's talking about being really intentional, creating systems and habits to help you live the kind of life that's going to see you flourish into the fullness of who God actually created you to be. So I know you're going to love this episode. Sit back, relax and enjoy this conversation with Megan Hayes. Well, welcome Megan to the Genius Podcast. It's a real joy to have you on the podcast today. Thanks for joining us. Oh, thank you. I'm very excited. Oh, well, I'm very excited to have you because I follow you on Instagram and we have bumped into each other at different events over the years, but yes. I have found your Insta page to be very inspiring. And so I guess in this podcast today, what I'd love to do is to talk about this idea of life by design, because you're very intentional and you've created this intentional way of living for yourself, your family and your business. And it actually is really inspiring. I know that the start of this school term, you were, you're were you a week ahead of us, I think, in Queensland in terms of children going back to school. So you were posting all your routine about what you were doing. I was like, you had me all pumped up. I was so organised by the time my week came around at the beginning yeah, of the term. proactively ahead. Awesome. Uh, it was so good. So I'm just really excited that you're with me this morning and to share a little bit with the women listening. But can you just give the listeners a little bit of background about who you are, what you do, and what you're passionate about in life? Absolutely. So I'm a Brizzy girl married to Paul, who is a plumber, and delving in, actually into the property development sphere mm. as well. So he's coming alive in that. It's exciting. And we have three kids, an 11-year-old, 8-year-old and 3-year-old. Um, I work part-time as an occupational therapist and absolutely love my career. feel really uh, blessed to have found something that I want to continue to work in forever. Um, and then I also have a wellness small business as well. Wow. So a few things, <laughs> just a, a few. Things. <laughs> so you're working part-time as well. I didn't realise that doing OT. Yeah. Yes, wow. I am. Always worked part-time between 
having kids Mm. and think I always will. I love being an OT. Yeah. Yeah, So I'm just Mm. trying to juggle it all as well as we can. Fantastic. Yeah, it's always a balance, isn't it? And I don't know if any of us nail it all the time, but I think it's about, I guess, coming up with a bit of a plan, isn't it? And just trying to put that in place and be intentional with our choices and our routines. But it was interesting this week, I posted on Instagram, what are the two top problems that women are facing and what would help solve those problems? And overwhelmingly, people said balance trying to find balance in, I guess, womanhood, career, whether they're mothers, singles, but just getting this balance of life. So just tell me, have you ever had a time, which I'm sure you have, you have three kids, where you hit that wall of total overwhelm, where life just felt like it was running you instead of you running it? Yes, absolutely. I had a third child that did not sleep mm-hmm. and I thought that my um, sickness during pregnancy was my mountain and then I had a bub that just wanted to be on me or pushed in the pram and wouldn't be settled by anyone else mm-hmm. and it was so debilitating because I didn't know how to help her and mm-hmm. I was doing all the things and I honestly felt fairly claustrophobic because a lot of pressure was on me and I couldn't control it. And I do like to control as many things as I can. And I just was in this complete survival mode and just trying to get through every day, Mm. but also aware that I was so blessed and I, you know, was meant to be being grateful and all the things. Mm. But at the same time, it was really horrific. Mm. Yeah. To not know when it was going to change. I remember that. We had, we couldn't, we couldn't have kids for six years. Then we had three under three. We said to all the sisters, please stop praying now. (laughs) Really blessed and we're really grateful. But it was, I remember that. It's just all of my kids, I threw up for the whole nine months with all three and then all had shocking reflux and never slept for that first 12 months. It's quite, it is debilitating, isn't it? Yeah, I just, um, I think it was around the five month mark that my mum actually said, okay, you need to get, you need to get some help. Like it's not something you're doing and it's not her. Someone else needs to help professionally here because she could see myself who's normally fairly intense and can cope with a fair amount of stress and hold a lot of stuff. I wasn't going to be able to do that sustainably forever. Mm. Um, So I think it was her validating, hey, you're not in the best space here. It's actually okay to get more professional help. Mm. Um, Because as an OT, I was thinking I should know what to do here. And also it was my third child and it just wasn't, yeah, wasn't working. No. So did you have a meltdown or did you just soldier um, off? I went to hospital with her and we got professional help and it was, I should have done it earlier, but it was such a validating experience because she was actually, I thought I was going to get there and people were going to be like, why are you even here? Like this Mm -hmm. is what we're dealing with. But actually they were like, wow, this is a very determined little bulb. And so that in itself, having other people to say, yeah, this is a lot was super helpful for me and my mind going forwards. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I think it's so often with women, 
as women, we just soldier on indefinitely and we often don't put our hands up to say we're not coping because we either we think we should or we just kind of numb out to how we're actually going in the midst of a challenging season. And yeah. I, th- I think it's so important, this whole, I mean, we've done podcasts on vulnerability, but just putting our hands up to say when we need a bit of help, and like, you know, you talk about this checking in with yourself. So I think it's mm. just, it's a, it's a good lesson for us to be reminded of as women, just to be, mm. to be able to put our hands up and not to feel ashamed or think that we have to keep yeah. going. And when we can't, there's women around us that might speak into it like my mum did for me and Absolutely. say, you're allowed to put your hand up. This is not normal. Like yes. this is not something you should have to survive through. Mm. It's hard for people like yourself and and I would place myself in the same category when you're a very resilient person and you have the capacity to carry and to do a lot I find Mm -hmm. that when I hit a season like that I actually struggle a lot Mm -hmm. Uh, it's just it's struggle to accept that I can't do it all and it kind of comes back to that surrender I guess with our faith too it's like I can't but God can and sometimes he does that through other people and giving us permission to say uh, I can't do it all yeah and you know now I can look back at it and realize it it has become a blessing because it forced me to consider how my day was looking or how my mindset was and what I could what I could control yes and what I could choose to focus on despite feeling that I was out of control and you did feel out of control did you just in your yes I couldn't I couldn't help her and I just had to keep getting through each day and also helping the other kids to do life yeah so yeah it was definitely a season of learning Mm. um, that was probably the most difficult yeah season of my life was it how long did it go on for for you so a year okay for you well (laughs) struggled for that first year but it was probably after that time in hospital together that I felt a new sense of confidence and peace that I could make other changes that would also benefit me even if she didn't sleep sure so what did you do what what were those changes that came about It was at this point where I started to really want to create our home and our routine to be what I wanted it to look like. So that whole intentional living and that whole life by design, it's like I had a new lease of life to refocus okay, and not just be in survival because I didn't want that to be my story and I didn't want that to be my story with her either because she was delightful outside of the sleep trickiness. Yes. Um, So it forced me to slow down. I couldn't do all the things. I couldn't go out and about. And so I think I had more time to consider. Also, we were mid-renovation. So I was really actually thinking of what did I want my house to functionally look like Mm. and what did I want to put in the home and how did I want us to move around our home? Like it it's big picture stuff, you know, but it was so deep as well. It mm. was about actually what did I want our family to look like day to day and what were we here for? Like all the yes. purpose. It was a lot of stuff that mm. <laughs> um, you can see now looking back how it all fitted together because I had to make big decisions 
and I needed to be thinking forward and not just yeah. stuck in what Absolutely. And sometimes yeah. we need a, a major meltdown or a brain explosion, don't we, or a crisis to make us take stock yeah. of what we're doing yeah. and where we're going. So did you work through that with your husband? So I think he he um, struggled with the concept that I couldn't do it all because I always had. had yes. And so I think he had to step up more in the home environment because I was obviously on mat leave. Yeah. Um, and he just endured my yeah nine months of morning sickness or yes. HD, whatever we want to call it. Yeah. Um, yeah end that battle as well and so I feel like we're both in the depths of like are you serious now we've got this sleep stuff going on um so him agreeing yes it's time to get some more help I think was a big step for him as well because he had to help with the other kids you know and just realized I couldn't do it all and that that was actually okay yeah but we were definitely both involved in trying to decide what we wanted our future Yes, life to look like, and then I guess that whole reconstructing that backwards mm. in like designing our home and choosing even things like choosing furniture. Or I realized because we had so much bits and pieces in storage, I didn't need all the things. We completely simplified. We lived for like nearly a year with our Weber electric fry pan because our kitchen was non-usable. There was no oven. Wow. Um, I feel like it was in that season of realizing we don't need all this stuff mm. and we don't want all that stuff. And then when we did need to invest in new things, I slowed down and thought, well, what do I actually want to value here? And, you know, when you're making purchases or you're doing a massive renovation, you have to think about yes. where you want to invest your money and um, your time. So yeah. I think that yeah, that whole season was helping us refocus and simplify mm. so that it aligned with what our values were. Yes, yeah. And they were changing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and I, and they do. Like you add a few kids to the mix, don't you, and work pressure. I think it also forces you into that space of re-evaluation. Yes. But I, I often find that, like I know in my own life, like even your Insta post that totally inspired me. I had all these plans at the start of the term. Most of them I've stuck to. But traditionally, like, we can reevaluate our life and we can see these negative patterns or we can see things we want to change. We might make a couple of changes for a week or so, but then the pressure comes and stress comes and life gets busy and we let go of those. So I'm interested, mm-hmm. like, how easy was it for you to go from, I guess, that Reevaluation. step one step two is envisioning a plan of what you wanted it to look like and then step three actually implementing that in the day-to-day living I feel like when I make a decision you around something I'm yeah. like dad would have said I'm a bull at the gate like I yeah just that's go. like my husband he's like that yeah. he can't so Jonathan I- cannot understand he cannot understand like he's run that many marathons during COVID because the gym wasn't oh. open. I'm like, I can't even run to the bottom of my driveway. But he said he just doesn't understand. Like once you commit to something, why, even if you don't feel like it one day, why you just don't get up and go and do it? I'm like, yeah, yes. most of us aren't like you. <laughs> no, it's not a natural thing. We have no. to learn right? Yeah, I think um, I, in this season, started looking a lot at 
um, how we were living. We really wanted to create a lifestyle of wellness for our family and, you know, so that we could be our best selves despite the stresses that might, you know, ebb and flow in life. And so I think once I knew that vision, all of the planning, I was so motivated to do that and all the implementation, I was driven because I had an end goal and like a, it was like a live vision, like it kept changing and I was visualising it. And I think the power of the mind in that is where the motivation was for me. Okay. Yeah, so partly your personality, like how you're wired. But tell me, like you talk about this lifestyle of wellness and life by design. Like I'm interested in some of the things because it obviously comes quite naturally to you, but there's a lot of women out there who it just doesn't. I mean, it comes naturally to me too, but I do know women that I encounter and, and walk with. It's not a natural thing. So how would someone go about, for example, designing a life by design or a life of wellness? Like what are, do you break it into categories or set goals? Like how do you actually go about that process? Yeah, um, I want to sort of preface this as saying I totally get that this isn't natural for lots of people to think in this way Mm -hmm. and even things like organisation, it's not just something that everyone has. I think my um yes my personality and my strengths but also my experience as a child set me up to the place that I am today where this was very familiar um so mum had always wanted us to try and live as naturally as we could you know what we were eating and um how we were filling our day and even what things we were watching on tv you know that whole um broader idea of living well yes um And so I'd always, I think, wanted to do the best that I could, Mm -hmm. um, whatever I was doing. So I feel like, yeah, if this stuff doesn't just resonate easily, it's okay because we're all very different and something that comes more naturally to me um, might not to someone else. And that's where extra scaffolding and extra systems can be helpful. Mm -hmm. But I think the biggest thing is that I came to the point where I wanted to simplify. I wanted to create a lifestyle where my family was as healthy as they could be so that we could do the things we wanted to do and be the people we wanted to be. So it wasn't just about let's eat a really lovely whole food diet or (laughs) um, let's buy nice eco-friendly things um, Mm -hmm. or to help the environment or let's go more low waste. Like it wasn't really the specifics. It was more that bigger picture vision. Mm-hmm. And then I think you can go backwards and go, okay, so today what's one little thing that I can do? Yes. So for me it was starting really slow um, and it was just as things um, needed to be replaced or a decision had to be made or um, a new season or, you know, we were transitioning to a different season of life, that's when I had to stop and go, okay, I have a choice um, what do I do? What do I want to do that's going to lead me to that end goal of having this um, life that we really desire, yes. so that we can actually give more to the world and be our best selves to serve others? Yeah. You know, or just about us at this point. Yes. Um, yep. So yeah. So did you develop daily routines and systems? I think I have this feeling you're a real systems girl, right? I am a real systems girl. So um, give me a couple of examples of your top two systems in your in your daily life. I think my main 
two systems would be my morning routine and my evening routine because I feel like they integrate really beautifully if you're doing them both. Okay. Um, So what do you do? I'm interested. Starting with the evening routine, some of this stuff also takes sacrifice Mm -hmm. to get started and even when you don't feel like doing it, if you still push through and do the little habits, you'll find that over time they become more integrated and you don't have to think as much. That's the whole idea of habit stacking. And so when you are under a period of stress or busyness, they're not an extra chore. That is part of what happens in your household to keep it going through those times. So of an evening, um, it's really, it seems really little things, but it's making sure that we have the lunch boxes prepped for the next day, the things we need for the next day are in the bags even yes. um, or in our little makeshift mud room yeah. um, in the garage we make sure that the kitchen the kitchen is the heart of our home yeah. and so it's a focus in my routine and a lot of what I do happens in the kitchen so I focus on making sure it's cleaned up the dishwasher's on yes. really basic home things that seem meaningless but actually create a lot of momentum when you then come in the next morning Mm-hmm. Um, I love to like spritz our benches down with a natural spray and pop the diffuser on when we go to bed. And it's almost like this process of saying goodnight to our kitchen so that I'm finished for that day and I'm ready to come in fresh the next day and not feel overwhelmed by having to do all of that then. Yes. Um, and then the wind down routine for us, we all find sleep really tricky. So we've been okay. really intentional about um turning all the lights off downstairs and we all go upstairs to our bedroom space and we have little, um, I guess, nooks of the things that help us to wind down. The kids will help. And I love that they are part of this routine because the best thing about this is I'm trying to teach them and then future generations how they can slow down and notice, hey, i am had a really big day or my body's feeling this or that. Mm. And then they can ask for help. To yeah. be able to regulate and calm and and then sleep. Yes. So you know, for example, my eleven year old might be able to say, "Oh, I've got really aching legs, Mum. Can you run me a bath and get me the oil for that?" Yeah. Um, so we integrated essential oils as part of some of okay. these. Okay. And that's a big part of what you're doing, isn't it, with your it side big, business? It a, yeah, it is a big part of it because I think they're a beautiful tool to helping us live more naturally, um, focus on our wellness and I can create a lot of things with them that I know exactly how we're using them. So um, our sense of smell is fascinating Mm. because when we receive an aroma, whether it's an essential oil or something else like a fruit, for example, an orange, when we smell that, it actually travels through our olfactory system to our limbic system in our brain and that's where our memories and emotions are stored Mm. so it makes sense that if we're creating these rituals and wind down patterns if we're linking a a beautiful aroma in and for us we choose natural essential oils to help with that then our bodies start to notice that easily the next time absolutely for my my little people they're like okay so when I'm feeling like I've got aching legs, something that lots of kids might struggle with or adults, yes. and I take the time to make a bath and pop some, you know, salts in and add particular oils that we know support the body 
with that, they're also experiencing that whole sensory experience, which as an OT, love. Um, And then they they grow to love that and tune into their body more quickly the next time. And it's so, I think that's so important because so many people are living their lives in this constant state of fight or flight and yeah. they're just running in survival mode. And I, yeah. I think that's like most women, but it's kids too. Like we're just yeah. not, that's what I love about what you're doing is just this intentionality about slowing the pace of life down and tuning into yourself and what you're doing for your kids is a great gift like teaching them how to do that as well it's it's really 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 important it's empowering for me as a mum to know that I've got some tools at my fingertips to help with that I think that yeah that nighttime routine has been really important for our family and we don't get it right all the time it's still drama it's still (laughs) chaos but we're trying to set them up systems that help them know that when they look after themselves and they prioritize sleep and then we get good quality sleep and we wake up we then go into our morning routine that wherever possible um, flows a bit more nicely yeah Um, so some of the things that Paul and I focus on in our morning routine is that we both choose to exercise in the morning so we tag team with that we're popping out things on the bench that we know we want to have. So I want to make sure I have a nice big glass of water with some lemon and apple cider and just we call that like a vitality shot. And I have my supplements next to my coffee machine because I'm always going to have a cup of coffee. So I want to habit stack little things like that. I like um, that I, word, the habit stacking. Yeah, I haven't heard that stack. before. I like it. <laughs> yeah, so you want to pair a new habit with something that you're always going to do every do. single day yeah. until it becomes automatic. Yeah, it's um, good. Yeah, and then our I'm set up, ready to tackle the day, whatever might come as the mm-hmm. kids come down ready for the day. So you're up and before your kids. You're We're up very early and now we have a puppy and so it's changing my morning routine because I have to be with her and you know what it's like God's little joke to me I think because he's <laughs> helping me slow down even further because I used to use that hour before I exercised in the quiet with my coffee to prepare for the day and then do a chunk of work uninterrupted yes, yes. and now I can't so <laughs> this is a good example of how you need to continue to tweak these things and something that works in our household might not naturally fit exactly in the same way in another household. Yeah. But I feel like having some of these really basic structures in our day and in our, you know, yes. in the bedroom, yeah. wind-down routine of an evening in the kitchen as we start our day is exactly what we're saying about tuning into what does our body need, what is it telling us so we can yes. prioritise ourselves. Absolutely. To our day and I think it makes us more productive too like I know Jonathan's very disciplined like he's up at 4am and he prays for an hour and then he cycles for an hour and he's just always had this routine we've been married 20 years and Yeah. yeah and even of an evening he's really big on sleep and wind down and it's actually been really good for me and for our kids as well it's been very good but I do think you come into the day more productive and I think it's, it's a very important part. Like the scripture talks about our bodies being a temple of the Holy Spirit and that the mm. Spirit of God dwells within us. And, mm. and Mother Teresa and the Desert Fathers all talk about in terms of prayer and really listening to the Lord and trying to get a sense of which direction we're to take or even if we're trying to discover 
what our mission is. Like we have mm. to have those moments of stillness. Like it's it's important mm. for our mental health, our emotional health, our spiritual health, our physical health. And so I think mm. what you're saying is just fabulous, like just creating these intentional routines um, mm. so that we can achieve the things that we are put on this earth to achieve. Yeah, and it's because these systems are in place that I can do all those other things that bring me a lot of life and I can be more present with my kids, something I'm really working on. Um, And, you know, you can sit back and plan out your week. So I love to do a Sunday reset where I have a chunk of time and I can do extra organisational things that then help my days involve less um, logistics and practical stuff. And then that's when I can be more able to be flexible and do the extra activities or have more time for self-care because I've already done all the boring type stuff yes. and my house is set up to support how I want to live. Yeah, absolutely. So it's more easy. Yeah. That's awesome. And tell me when, I, I know that you've been on this journey as well, just discovering, I guess, your gifts and the things that you're passionate about. So that's yeah. part of it, isn't it? I think when we're living from an intentional place, we get to know ourselves in a more intimate way. We also get to understand what we're actually called to do, what brings us life, what our zone of genius is, where we have flow in yeah. what we're doing. And that's been very much a part of your journey, hasn't it, of, of discovering those yeah. things as well? Absolutely. I think that I I shouldn't be surprised, but I'm always surprised when God brings all the bits together and then things make more sense. Yes. You know, like it makes so much sense now that who I was as a child and the things that I did as a child helped grow me into a place where I was ready to be an occupational therapist. And OTs, if you don't know, are like all about finding meaning in your occupation and that looks different throughout your seasons of your life and scaffolding like problem solving so that you can participate in those occupations because we know that brings quality of life. Mm. So that is exactly what I'm now also doing in my wellness business is I'm getting an absolute privileged opportunity to run alongside women in particular that have been, are where I have been in that moment of survival and just doing all the things and often for everyone else um, and maybe feeling a bit lost in what their gifts are or what they want their life to look like and just helping them have a moment to go, hey, who do you want to show up as? And then how do we go backwards and create systems and habits and routines and intentions so we can get you there because I need them to come alive because the world needs that and they don't have to feel like they just have to run in that survival. Yeah. You know, I was at a point where I didn't even know I was in survival. Yeah, I think that's that's normal. Yeah. So I um, am so grateful that all of these worlds are sort of colliding so that I'm starting to realise more I thought I knew my purpose but I feel like there's so many more layers that will obviously come forever and what do you feel that your essential purpose is how would you describe Um, that I feel like I am called to help empower women to up level in their lives and be leaders in their home so that they can create really healthy 
homes and lifestyles so that yeah. all of the people in that home can come alive and be their best self. Yeah. And so that's fabulous. Um, and so yeah. I'm interested, how do you actually practically nurture, I guess, your own gifts, your talents, your skills? What do you do? Do you have set times where you pour into yourself so that you are able to give? Um, I I find the phrase self-care really unsettling. Yeah, me too. <laughs> I feel like it's not my jam yeah. and I know it should be but... I feel like I'm going against the grain when I invest in things that maybe are self-care but no one would see it as self-care. Sure. Yes. I'm um I'm I'm okay with being busy and I'm okay with having full days, but I'm also okay that when I take oh, 10 minutes to make a hot cacao at night to take up to bed that that's a little micro moment of self-care yeah and when they I, don't have to be big grand things do they like massages they're you're not sustainable they're the little habits season. yeah look my one thing that I've had as a goal for the last six months is that I would love to pre-book a amazing spa uh, ritual it's called a spa ritual um, okay facial every three months because I hate massages okay and that seems to be the thing people do when they're self-caring and so I for ages was like I'm terrible at self-care because I don't get a massage but <laughs> I've started to again tune into my body and go what do I actually want well that is a really beautiful experience for me where they're nourishing obviously I'm nourishing my skin but I'm chilling out for an hour and a half in a lovely space. Yeah. And it's the intention of I'm choosing to prioritise me and not the to-do list for this short period Absolutely. of time. Absolutely. And I think another way of looking at it is if we, we don't use the word self-care, it's about having a relationship with ourselves, which sounds a little odd. But, I mean, yeah. Jonathan and I do a lot around relationships, education, and I know that a lot of the relationship experts say it's not the grand gestures that save a marriage. And so it's not the grand once a year or once every few months massages. It's the small things done consistently that make the difference in a relationship. And I think in relationship, having a relationship with ourselves too, it's those small things like what you said, taking the cuppa up to bed, the little things done regularly throughout the day, just to sort of check yeah. in with yourself or to nurture yourself, whether it's a bath or I know Fridays I tend in the afternoon before the weekend starts is just to take the afternoon off. I often go for a walk with my husband. Um, I might have mm. a bath or I might read a book just to get myself in a good space for coming into the weekend with all the kids. So yeah, I think yeah. small things done often uh, is important. Absolutely. And not comparing to what other people's yeah. self-care might be. You know, for me, having a Friday where I work on my business and serve my customers and grow my ideas and be creative, um, that's self-care to me because that brings me alive and gives me yes. energy to yeah. keep going and that's right me in the that's mundane right. stuff that has to get done um yeah awesome yeah. Well, tell me just in wrapping up any maybe your top two pearls of advice or pieces of wisdom for women around designing a, a life intentionally i'm just thinking how to say this in the right way i would love women in whatever season of life they're in to know that them taking these steps to create 
that life by design is actually okay, that they're allowed to be out of survival mode and able to come back alive in who they really are, whatever that season is. Yeah. Um, so that would be one thing because yeah. I really want them to come with me on this journey. Yes. Um, yeah. And help me empower more women to take those little steps um, as yeah. leaders in their home. The second pearl of wisdom might be that this journey can take some time and that that's okay as well. So it's about choosing something that they could tweak in their day or in their week or in their home that's going to bring life and having that end goal and that vision for their family and their lifestyle in mind will help those little habit changes be so much more sustainable and enjoyable. Yes. Um, Fantastic. They're awesome. They're very good. So the takeaway is choose one thing (laughs) and do that one thing consistently. The Heart of the Genius Project is to resource Catholic women for growth growth in their professional life but also in their personal life across the spiritual and the emotional elements of life. On the website you will find a store which has some fantastic resources for Catholic women as well as some beautiful quote cards so we're really excited because we've added a series of quote cards from our top Insta posts so if you'd like those as your daily reminders in this cute little wooden block on your desk then check them out. The other thing which we are very excited to launch are the online suite of Genius Project courses. Now these Now, these cover a whole range of topics from discernment to discovering your unique genius, your gifts, what it is you're meant to do with your life, how to kickstart a business or an idea, and much more. So head on over to the Genius website, www.geniusproject.co. Well, I think that's it for me this week. I hope you have a beautiful week. God bless you. And we look forward to our conversation next week with a very special guest. God bless.